0: I got to give you guys the inside scoop on the best electrician in town. That's right, it is Piper Electric. They've been around for over 35 years and they're the most fairly priced, dependable, and trustworthy electrical contracting companies in the Denver community. The best part is if you call 202 646 6765, Piper Electric will hook you up with the DNVR back to school special and you will save 20% off your next service call. That's right, 20% off. No job is too big or too small, so don't forget to call our friends over at Piper Electric. Let's start the show.
1: Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic
2: gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landisgar. He has
3: done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me
2: by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take away. Two-run, Trevor Story.
1: Touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. Got it! all oh, man!
0: Would appreciate it if you did it throughout yeah. the whole show. <laughs> are you, you, you going to talk Nuggets for me, and yes. Brendan's going to talk yes. all Broncos? Oh wow! Oh boy, I
4: have okay. some Sue Cravens takes, but that's, that's oh, okay. still Broncos. Let's go.
0: All right. Well, welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery, the best beer in the world. I said in Colorado, but Ryan corrected me.
1: In but the world
0: in the world um we have a lot to talk about today we're gonna start off with
1: i have a joke no one asked but sure ready for this one yeah malik beasley might have to sue a guy because he got beat up so bad oh boy Wow. I might
4: have to leave. We're five minutes in. Ryan's out no, on himself like already. An a uh, we're a minute in. a minute in. I'm out of here. Yeah, we're
2: 45 seconds in. And we're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm I think go that's back the end. Oh, that's boy. the end of this podcast. Thanks we had a good run. guys. for
0: tuning in, guys. We Ryan ruined it. I'm give us who
4: won month. the week as the outro, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving us a bad iTunes rating for that. <laughs> no doubt.
0: All right. Well, as you guys can hear, I've got Ryan Koningsberg, Brendan Vogt, <laughs> Rudo, and AJ Hayfley with me at the table. Andre Simone is on the board, and Super Intern Kale is running the live stream. So let's get right into it. The ABS are very, very exciting team right now. Um, they are coming off a tough loss to the St. Louis Blues last night, three-one. Guys, what did you think of that performance? I mean, they'd been playing a five. Games in eight days, they look tired. I feel like it's expected to be tired. But um, AJ, in your takeaways, you said that you would count fatigue as an issue, but not the entire issue.
2: Yeah, I mean, fatigue matters. And I've talked to players about this, that uh, going west to east is a lot harder. Um, Just it's harder on the body. It's it's a longer travel. All of it is just more difficult. And that, you know, it definitely plays a role. Right. But it's not. I mean, you're not going to sit there and be like, oh, well, they lost because they were tired. Yeah. They lost because they got beat. You know, they got out skated. They got outworked. They got out chanced. Uh, they got outplayed in every facet of the game. And their only goal last night was, you know, some classic Nathan McKinnon brilliance on a five on three. Like it's as free as free can get in the NHL. So it's, you know, last last night was just one of those nights. You have a few of them every year. If you're a bad team, you have a lot of those every year, but <laughs> the the Abs look like they're pretty good this season and I don't expect we'll see too many of those. Yeah. But you know, fifth game on a on a five-game road trip, it, it is what it is. You just kind of shrug that one off.
0: So I feel like a lot of people were like, "Well, they're going to lose eventually." But the biggest news from last night was Miko Rantanen um getting hurt with a lower body injury. What do you like can you speculate on what you think happened?
2: Yeah, I talked to I talked to somebody in the organization last night about it, and all I got in response was a sad face.
0: Oh no! no. So,
2: I think the original the the original fear is that it's serious, and then we'll see as they go through uh, the MRI process today. Uh, I don't think that uh, that that the building in St. Louis is old. And so, I don't know that it has all that stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, so, I like think they'll, they'll... machines and yeah, all Yeah. And so, I think they probably just waited until to they got back home. to Denver right. today to get into all of that. Because um, that... I mean, that building's been there for a long time. So, it's it's a little outdated in a lot of ways. Uh, <clears throat> so, I think they probably just packed up and were like, we're <laughs> getting out of town. And, you know, with no practice today, they can kind of hide behind the silence of the day and not have to release anything or talk about it until tomorrow. But, um, you know, initial, initial concerns, he didn't finish the game and it looked bad.
4: If it's, if it's a month or longer, how how capable is this avs team of staying above water
2: how, how much is longer because yeah, if it's right. a, if a it's a month, month is fine if if you could give me a month right now i'd probably say that's fine but much if, longer if than it's that. if it's 4 to 6 months right. <laughs> that's real bad wow. if this is if this is he's going to come back in the last month of the regular season and work his way you know and do the peter forsberg work here use the last four four weeks of the season to, to work get your ready way to the back out, yeah. Yeah. into shape uh yeah, that's – they're going to have a really the, – the West is too talented and their division is too talented despite the slow starts of some of those teams. They're going to have a hard time uh, keeping pace, I think. The, the, the hot I think the hot start will be way more important right. because those are all banked points that they don't have to go out and yeah. get again. Right. And, you know, they've got big leads on some of those teams that, that you know, that – the lead on Dallas right now looks huge because you think of them as a, as a team that matters. But I would be I would be worried about them making the postseason if he's out long time. I don't think I'd be as worried as you are. Um,
3: it does take some things. Burakovsky can't disappear for 30 games if Rantanen is out, which is something they could afford a bit more if Rantanen was in there. Kind of the same story with Jost there. And obviously, there would be big adjustments with someone having to fall into that top line and them sorting out their whole top six, really, to make things gel. No chance they compete for the division, but I would still say they have a solid chance of making the playoffs. You're just not having
2: much aspirations once you get there without Amico. Yeah, having 15 points already is a really big step towards... I mean... Making that happen because I mean they're already like six seven points ahead of yeah, the teams. Yeah, they have a them. cushion already.
1: Were you able to get any clarity on whether it's a knee or an ankle no. or anything like that? Because I feel like the like the possible injuries here are something torn in the knee, which is going to effectively end a season or close to it. Yeah, uh, that's the four to six months that you're worried something about. Something sprained. In the knee, which is probably closer to the month to two months. Mm-hmm. High ankle sprain, I guess, is a possibility Which that... could be
2: five days or it could be fifty.
1: Right. And I don't know how it works in hockey, but you know, you have a guy have a high ankle sprain in the NFL, he's not right until the next year. So
2: I think they would use in, in the event of a high ankle sprain, they would use the regular season and they would just be like, We're not gonna mess with this.
0: So for the people who didn't watch Rudo, can you kind of explain what happened? To the big moose, uh, for other people who may not know who we're talking about.
3: Yeah, it was a pretty inconspicuous play, really. He was just kind of coming up the far boards in his own zone. And, you know, I don't want to be too conspiracy theory-like, but a number of other players actually fell on the ice around the same spot, so... Might have been mm. a little bit of bad ice there, but he just kind of catches his skate like uh, it was a little bit sloppy from Ranton and his his skate was not in a place that it was supposed to be. It catches into the ice and digs in a bit, and basically his ankle twists about 160 degrees backwards.
0: Ugh. It looked bad,
3: and the problem there is like if it's just the ankle, that's bad, but man, a bit more manageable. And like these two said, if that also twisted the knee, which it probably did. and you tear tear something there. Hmm, you're looking at pretty much season over unless he got real lucky,
0: so I th- it's different in the NHL than other sports. the fact that um, they won't ever have to clarify. Like what? Yeah, there's like no official
2: hurt? ruling. You don't have to announce to
0: your you can opponents. Just say you can just body say injury. he's. You don't even
3: have to say that if you don't want
2: to. Well, the abs have been under Bednar. They've done both mm-hmm. because I I remember being at practice the day that uh, a couple years ago when uh, Eric Johnson they came out and they were like, oh, he fractured his patella and he's going to be out six to eight weeks. And you're like, wow, that was that was really specific. And then he's like, oh, by the way, Varley has a knee injury of some kind. And he'll be out for an undetermined period of time, and you're like, okay.
1: So we're probably only going to know about this if it's season ending.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. why I said watch the AHL waiver wire today. Watch the transactions. If the ABS call somebody up, it's serious. Um, I I don't think they'll do anything. I think the ABS will just roll with 22 guys. But if they do, if they are like, okay, this is over, they might just call somebody up and and get on with it. Just give McKinnon in the
3: mic and tell him Rantanen doesn't have a Charlie horse. Everything will be fine, right?
0: <laughs> so, we have some comments on the Periscope from our one and only AVS expert, Drew Creaseman. He said, I thought my AVS would never lose in regulation. So sad. Need Miko. Give me hope, guys. <laughs> and then um, D-Line Co. said, If an ankle twists in St. Louis, but no one is able to watch it legally, did it ever happen?
4: unfortunately that's a yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. well yeah.
3: i i mean i think drew knows something about blaming blues for lost games being in the MLB. Hey. But
4: <laughs> really quick
1: wow do they track like pass breakups <laughs> in the nhl
3: um there are no. some people that track some passing statistics but it, you're getting into really deep, murky territory I there. I feel like I've it's, never
1: seen a game where there was more pass breakups than last night. Like they I just had to stick on everything.
3: The, the Avs passing was just absolutely brutal in that game. To D-line co's points, you're burning that game tape anyway, if you're the Avs. So maybe it was better that no one could
4: watch <laughs> it. I, I was wondering, if you take out the Miko injury, which obviously you can't, um, Is does a coach like Bednar low-key relish that, right? Because you get off to this hot start – and coaches want to coach. Like I, I can conceive of Malone, right? After that hot start, your team finally doesn't play well against a good team, and now he goes into his bag and all of those championship mentality quotes and all that stuff. Snar- like he likes, I think, sometimes to remind people of those lessons. Like, wh- how do you think Bednar? Like, does he just burn that game tape, or is he? Are people like? Is he forcing people to watch it?
2: Oh, they're watching it today. Yeah. Uh, or tomorrow, whenever they have their video session. They'll watch it because they're masochists. <laughs> and that that coaching staff very rarely uh, does not take an opportunity to remind all of those players of what their jobs are. Right, right. And uh, the players more or less didn't do any of their jobs last <laughs> night. So uh, I think they'll probably go through that game tape and they'll – and especially against the division opponent, like this is something that they yeah, are
0: they see four more times.
2: <clears throat> well, and not even just that, but if you're winning a Stanley Cup, you're probably going through the central division. You're gonna have to at some point deal with the St. Louis Blues in the postseason. So that's I mean, this is a this is a learning opportunity. If this was like the seven to one loss against Tampa Bay last season, oh. you just burn that. Yeah. It's against a team you don't care about, you're not gonna see them unless it's the cup finals. You just move on. This is a division opponent. This is something that you're going to have to go through if you're going to try and have a, a season a season to remember. Uh, you're going to go. You're going to comb through all of it.
0: All right. Well, last night was a tough loss, but I don't want to harp on that too much because the Avs have started incredibly hot. They, seven one and one. Exactly. <laughs> like still good. Uh, I a guess lot. you would have taken
1: that if, they, if offered <laughs> before this. Evening.
0: well Well, uh, yeah. Would you
4: take it, though, if I told you that the, the Miko right, no, was no, coming? Absolutely yeah, uh, it, d- it depends on what the alternative yeah, would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, a 500 starts one, you... one, uh, one, seven, and one. You
2: mean do what Dallas did? No. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass.
4: I'd take
1: 500 for a yeah. healthy Miko, though. Same.
2: Yeah. I would have taken 500 and healthy Miko, but not uh, that. that is, that's that's going to take them three months to dig out of that uh, hole.
1: All right, everyone just pray
4: for Miko. Pray for <laughs> prayers up yep I'm all a right big god guy
0: okay uh <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go back to what i was trying Good to talk call. about um the Avs uh had they were off to their best eight game start in franchise history they want they got went 2-0 in florida they won on a back-to-back 6-2 they they were really killing it i mean i already got the amount of abs fans that were in my dms saying or not my in my mentions oh. saying um, my dms are closed uh, in my mentions saying abs <laughs> won the week the abs won the week i had at least 10 people at me saying the abs won the week already they they were incredible
2: yeah, I mean honestly that we haven't already renamed this segment to why the avs won this week. <laughs> um, I mean it's just I mean we're just pretending at this point, but yeah, I mean this this is the kind of hot start that they needed and it's the one that matches with the the hype that they built over the summer. All the moves that they made to try and get deeper and better, basically every one of them has paid off to some extent. And even their Uber rookie hasn't even looked that good and he's got 8 points in yeah, 9 games. Yeah, he doesn't have a goal yet. Yeah. So Macar,
0: why did they take by him by off the, the
3: number one power play?
2: I think I think it was just stress relief.
3: The number one power play is bad and regardless. So just try and switch Change things. I, honestly,
2: yeah. Makar is so similar to McKinnon that I think it was a way for them to get a zone entry on their second power play unit uh-huh. because the way that they carry the puck is almost identical. Mm-hmm. And they're both such unique skaters in, in terms of their power and their acceleration. Uh, that and their elusiveness, and, and their hands are so similar that they're very quick and they're able to, to stick handle through traffic that I think it was just about trying to get a zone entry on PP2, and I think it was probably just to give the kid a break. He's c- he's stressing himself out so much.
1: I felt really? like um, Mac wasn't the biggest fan of the way he was running things from the point there.
2: Uh, I mean, mac has got to get over that because Tyson Berry's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, everybody has to adjust, and that in, that includes Nathan McKinnon. As great as he is, he's he's got to get over it.
4: So I have kind of like an amateur question with the hockey thing, but it seems inexplicable to me that that team's power play is bad with all the firepower they have. You know, we
2: say bad, and it's humming <laughs> along at 20%, <laughs> yeah, right. which I mean, you, if it finished the season at 20% would be in the top five.
4: Okay. It
3: it does look bad, though. Yeah, and, and it's
2: 15th right now, right. so you're like, mm, it middle of the road right, right
3: we've talked about this a lot we actually talked about this on the abs cast the last show and the underlying systems have been a concern for a long time yeah. they have enough talent to be middle of the road anyway but you can see it especially when you get into their second power play unit that doesn't have mckinnon it's just bad it's right. not good. It's not designed to create opportunities, and it leaves a big hole in the abs game when they need a power play goal. So is that is that a coaching thing?
4: what, what is that? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's
3: on the the special teams coach Ray Bennett for the most part.
1: They also struggle so much against teams that kill with pressure. Like yeah, I mean they, they struggle against right pressure
2: pretty much. Period. Yeah. Even Every- five on five. I mean everybody does.
1: Why doesn't everyone do it then? Why isn't everyone pressured? You the have puck? to be
3: fast.
2: Well, you have to have the you have to have a, a team built in a certain way. Like Edmonton has been trying to build around McDavid for years, and you know he's elite speed. But they they went and they got big because they were worried about taking on the Ducks and the Kings during their heyday, and those were big and physical teams. And so they tried to build a big and physical team, and they derped it pretty hard. <laughs> and they're i mean they're going nowhere like the, they they're off to an amazing start this year but they're going to miss the playoffs again and it's it's just you have to have you have to build there's only so many guys out there who can play that way and still provide offense and a team like St. Louis has all has all of them they've cornered the market on all those guys right. you know and they've they got they've got and... 14 of them in their forward core and that's just their style that's their identity it's been their identity for 20 years it's just kind of who they are it's what they want to do it's it's their brand if you will i mean they they very much are a team that kind of that thinks of themselves in the eyes of their city right
1: so to put it in more in my terms it's like not every team can just play press man and rush the passer like yeah right like you
2: like and that's like that's what Denver wants to do right, right? like that's their identity with underweight Phillips right like and with with Vaughn around you're like oh well we've got the best pass rusher in the world let's just unleash him and let him go do his thing right and you kind of build around that and the, the Blues haven't had like all of their all of their truly like high level stars have almost all been defensemen in their in their like last, in the last like 30 years they've only had a couple like a small handful of like elite forwards. And so you build around that. I mean, you build around the personnel that you have. And if you have you have great defensemen, you play great defense, you try and win 2-1. If you have great forwards, you play crazy offense, you try and win 4-3. It's
3: it's also just not a sustainable way to play hockey. Take a look at the Avs, the Avs guys who play like that, Matt Calvert has one full season in his entire career. Those players just break down after a while, and unless you have significant depth that can fill in for that, you're going to start to fall apart halfway through the season.
2: Calvert's also... You know fun sized like He that is dude, on the smaller <laughs> side But he's He's sized. He's He's a, I resent pocket that. size.
0: I prefer that Do you Yeah So Yeah like
2: that thing. That's a dude that you can tough. fit in your pocket And he's going out there and fighting Victor Hedman Right I mean Like he's So awesome He's I mean right Like he's lovable oh. But he's a maniac He's getting himself hurt
0: That was crazy
2: So yeah, I don't know why Victor Hedman's trying to fight Matt Calvert Oh my <laughs> that, god I understand why Calvert will do it Because Calvert will step to anybody That dude's not afraid of anything but which is it's funny because he's he's like he's such a dad, yeah. like like every time I talk to him, I'm always like, hey, how's life? And he's always like, I'm gonna spend ten minutes talking about my kids. And, and then like you
4: see him on the ice, just fighting people, they're right? And then he goes out there,
2: and he's like, and like they, you know, they they call him Uncle Calvi in the room, and like Aww. like but he's like that guy. He chose coming to Colorado because he wanted to be. The dad of the room. He wanted to to be around Paul Millsap.
4: Paul Millsap compier. Yeah, right.
2: And but then he goes out on the ice and he's like yeah sure I'll eat your heart like it's great it <laughs> sell tickets to his PTA meetings I'd watch that
0: <laughs> um I want we've talked That'd about it amazing. the last I'm few saying. weeks um but I just can't get over the secondary shooting that the abs are getting I mean Andre Burakoski has been yeah. incredible Kadri Donskoy. they've all made such a difference on the ice for this team especially when you can say Kale and McKinnon haven't pl- haven't been playing to their like standard their top standard those guys have really just been killing it
1: real quick what was the quote last night it was one of my favorite mac quotes ever it's it's in relation to what you just All said right. someone <laughs> said someone said something <laughs> along the lines like oh like nine game point streak to start the season like only like gretzky oh. and bobby Orr have ever done that and he's like yeah but i still have to be better I was like, oh, yeah that is awesome
2: i mean mckinnon doesn't he he says look i belong i belong with the all-stars i belong with that but i'm I I can't – he has repeatedly said, I can't put myself next to Sid. Sid. You know, Crosby has multiple cups. He's won every award there is to win. He's won gold medals. He's done everything there is to achieve in his career. McKinnon's done nothing, and he knows that. He is acutely aware of the fact that he has accomplished nothing with his talent. And that's what eats away at him every day. That's why he throws sticks into the stands during practice because he's – frustrated when things don't go the way that he wants them to it's it's why he's as high strung as he is and it's and it's why i mean it's it's who he is he is the ultimate competitor where the abs the abs needed a killer and they finally got one in mckinnon where you know matt duchene ryan o'reilly those guys aren't that guy right like they're they're wired differently and nathan nathan mckinnon is just that guy who's like See ball, chase ball, get ball. And for him, ball is the Stanley
4: Cup.
0: So back to that secondary shooting. That was kind of a
4: mic drop. That <laughs> yeah. was pretty good. I, d- I <laughs> want to
0: acknowledge that
3: Can for Can we you. just like yeah. copy-paste that for who won the week? Yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> no, no, no. You uh, guys you know, have The secondary
2: shooting, time. it's it's been fun so far, but you're not going yeah. to average four goals a game you're you know burakovsky's not going to continue shooting what 26 percent something yeah, and crazy I think like Don's that. Play's at 30 still yeah, yeah pure edward like... balmar's at 50 and you're not kidding he might stay there all year Yeah, i don't he's know that, that shoot guy, i guy. don't know that that guy will shoot again <laughs> exactly. just watching him it's like man he does not do much with the puck in in front of that net he's he just doesn't he doesn't want to shoot right, yeah
3: he knows that's not his element for sure what's josty shooting
2: uh, Better now yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the problem his there is hat trick his his issue is that he's actually started to shoot so he's generating more shots than he ever has. So his numbers are not going right. to be like yeah. Last crazy, night's was his
0: the the one shot attempt that they had on goal in that second period yeah. was Josty. Yeah,
3: mm. he had four shots. The team had 18 shots on goal. So one is generating over 20 yeah. shot 20 percent oh of the abs shots, and it was Jost,
2: so Yeah, it'll probably be their season low you until they play St. So. Louis again.
1: But that's like why that's why they went on this hot streak, right? It's because those guys were all scoring. Then they're going to go away, and then you're going to go yeah. cold, and then they'll come back and yeah. Well, so I mean, that happens with a long. That's kind of what
3: happened with Tan. Tampa was they, they got outshot almost two to one, well, but they still like there
4: won were a that lot of score effects. Yeah, score well, effects but. played
2: a major role in what happened in Tampa Bay because once you get down, um Start right. Shooting. I mean it's you're you just naturally it's it was like the same thing happened in Washington. They got up four nothing, they the cruise controlled through the rest of that game. Right.
3: It I think Kadri is really the unsung here.
2: Kadri Cadre yeah, I'm never gonna Cadry? get it. That yeah, is it. It's Kadri. It's, according to him. It it's Kadri, and I just yeah, can't we'll get over it because I, I just. It the sounds so The same as so Nicola,
0: awkward. not Nicola. Yeah, that kinda. one's going to be hard to get used but, to. Yeah,
2: it's right. uh, that's the same no.
1: thing. It's just saying it with an accent.
2: Yeah, he's just Jokic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or the Joker. The good
4: news is he does not care. <laughs> <laughs> what does he care about?
0: All right, well, before we get <laughs> into <laughs> <Great> that, <question. laughs> we got to talk about Total Bev's incredible 30% off deal that they are giving specifically to the DNVR family. 30%. See you, Ryan. I got to <laughs> yeah, Ryan just decided to leave um, 30% off your purchase of $25 or more using the promo code DNVR 2019 online or on their Total Beverage app. They've got everything you're looking for, including CBD products. And if you get overwhelmed with the hundreds of options they have, don't worry. Their incredible staff members will help you find exactly what you're looking for. Don't forget to use the promo code DNVR2019 for that 30% off. So the reason I cut you out, are you enjoying the break?
1: It feels so good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That we are so talking about the window.
0: You guys there. <laughs> um is because I want to talk about the Nuggets and the Broncos in this second segment. The Nuggets have their season opener Wednesday night against the Portland Trailblazers. Brendan, how excited are you for basketball to be back?
4: I'm so excited. Sorry about the phone. I'm yeah. mostly excited because there's only so many storylines you can pull from preseason. Thank, thank God there was Michael Porter Jr. Because like, otherwise, it's Jeremy Grant features every single game. So I'm ready to... Uh, I'm ready to experience real highs and real lows with the Nuggets fans. I've missed them all.
1: I need at least a uh, seven and one start.
4: I think that's super on the table until who 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 would be the Nuggets Miko comp? Is that Jamal? Don't
1: even Jamal. don't even bring that into this yeah. room. I know. I'm hey, the Nuggets.
4: Remember last year, the Nuggets got off to that scorching hot start and yep. uh, they dealt with some injuries. Will Barton was gone after game two, so. You know, right now, when you're what you what was that? I said that's probably why they got off to that start. Wow, Wow. AJ representing half of my mentions on the (laughs) WWE podcast. He's just big Will Barton fan personally. But, like, bad year last year. But last year was awful. Last he year was, was awful. great
2: in those two games, though. So, pre-injury, really good.
3: That's I, to
4: honestly, I, we don't have to go down a Will Barton tangent, but people are like, man, what happened to Will? He got hurt. He, yeah. He's never been hurt. He was really good. He got hurt, and then he wasn't good. But they're healthy right now. Malone was asked to give a general state update of where they are heading into the season, and he just said healthy. And that hasn't been the case the last three years. Knock on all the wood. But yeah, they should get off to another hot start. So Continuity. This team knows each other. The rest of the league has a lot to figure out right now. Uh, they're ready to hit the ground running.
0: All right, with that, Ryan. Let's see. So they have Portland Trailblazers.
1: Okay, can we just talk about that really
4: quick? How many times have they played I would just the Portland rather Trailblazers? Play
1: anyone else? And it doesn't. And it's not even about this, like the preseason thing, because whatever. That's the preseason. Doesn't even matter. But like. I already had to watch them seven. The last seven games mm. I watched were with them. I don't want to watch the the Trailblazers mm. play again. I
2: want Portland in Portland. All right. Yeah, I mean that's that's that's, that's my like competitive drive. Like, i you, you want Game Seven in 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 the way that they did, and you know on on your floor. I I want to start that season off that way. It'd I make, it makes sense. I also a think if,
4: redemption tour type stuff. If I'm yeah. on that coaching staff, I'm probably stoked about it because. The Nuggets have officially turned the corner. They're in this club of it's easy for them to be good. It's not easy for them to be great, right? That's the step. But they can win games by accident. So they have to be focused, and and they have to start the season. Like, every game, every day matters. When you come out and you play Portland day one, game one – your focus is there. They want that win more than, than any fan does. So it's just, it's especially they beat Port- them
0: twice in the preseason. Yeah, Frank Portland
1: is just so fresh. They make so many contested shots. It's so frustrating to watch.
4: yeah it's, Yeah. Shout out Rodney Hood. I was Ugh. gonna say
2: I'm real excited for Rodney Hood to go back to being Rodney Hood <laughs> and not whatever the hell
4: that was in the postseason. This is not a real matchup that would happen, but I just I can't wait. Just put Jeremy Grant on him. I don't know. <laughs> it's not really. It's a mismatch, but get him out there. Someone stop Rodney Hood from just hitting shots. Jeremy Grant is. The, is the cure to all evils? He kind of is. I really think so. I, I, I mean,
2: he's the he was a perfect fit for them when you know, they went and got him. It was it was ideal.
4: In Nuggets land right now, the conversation is about if you're comparing last season to this season, last team to this team. All of a sudden, there's newfound length and lineup versatility in Denver. Mm-hmm. They can experiment with going small, right? You have guys like maybe not this year, but but next year with Jared Vanderbilt alongside Jeremy Grant, <laughs> you can do some different things. So this was a team that was. In, in terms of size, kind of one-dimensional last year, Malone, it should be a neat wrinkle in his season, how he, how he experiments.
0: Who do you think is going to start in that small forward position?
4: It's going to be Will Barton. Uh, Monte Morris, I talked about this in a solo pod over the weekend. Uh, he low-key revealed the rotation at practice. Adam asked him about chemistry with the second unit, and he said, well, you know, it's just about fitting Jeremy in because he's new, but outside of that, I have chemistry, um, you know, with Mason, Malik, and then he went on to say Tori and Mike that's Michael Porter Jr. So the implication there is those guys are second unit, then Will Barton's starting. But the thing to remember is whoever starts on Wednesday, they're not necessarily starting at the end of the season. Yeah, They might not even be starting a week later, but it will be Barton, I think.
0: When do you think um, we'll have a chance to see Michael Porter Jr. on?
4: Man, Wednesday? I my read on, on just the way Malone dealt with him in the preseason and what we've learned about this rotation, I think you got to really be patient, Nuggets fans. I don't think Malone's going to run him out um he may not play him much at all to start the season it's going to be disappointing and frustrating and I think we all know this kid is such a fast learner such a natural talent once you get him out there I think he'll get up to speed but Malone's going to take his time with that and 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 maybe that's for the best you know it's really easy as a fan or even a media member to get excited about MPJ's ceiling he's never played 82 games it's been so long since he was healthy you can't just give him 15 minute a game responsibility out the gate
1: remember when George Carl just wouldn't play rookies. Like it took until halfway through the season before we even saw Kenneth Fareed. George
4: Carl was a principled man. I yes. don't know what those principles <laughs> were, but there were a lot of <laughs> them. Very true. I feel like we, he no rookies,
2: on, love guys from North Carolina. You, yeah.
1: I feel yeah. like he might be on that plan. Like we might he might be on the shelf like just uh,
4: he could be on the shelf for now, but also he could be starting by the end of the year. Like at some point, you know, Malone is kind of stubborn and he'll take his sweet time, he'll wait till he's forced to make a decision he's not comfortable to make. But I I really am confident at this point, whenever he is forced, so to speak, to turn to Michael Porter Jr., I think that kid's going to deliver. I've just like, I can't stay, I can't keep these expectations tempered. He's just the type of scorer that they don't have, and he's 6'10. So, like, whatever his deficiencies are in the defensive end, he mitigates that with just length, right? That's better than shoving Barton or Beasley out of position at three defensively. So the sky's I, the limit.
1: And I think we truly only saw a preseason gear from him. No in the doubt. Preseason. Like, we haven't seen his his high gear yet. Uh, even from
4: game one to game two, you saw, I, I think, a big leap in terms of comfortability. There's no – say whatever you want about Michael Porter Jr. He is a basketball player. He is at home on the court, and that stuff comes naturally to him. So, he, he yeah, I don't know – that's it's what's gonna be scary
2: about him is that he just goes out there and casually goes six for seven, and you're like,
4: no, nah. <laughs> yeah, and that's like you that's, made it
2: look so easy. You know. Where you're like, oh my god, well, like this is like they've had for years. They've had guys who have to work so <laughs> hard to get hoops.
4: I mean, this is a guy where you're worried about teaching him fundamentals, right? Getting him up to NBA speed. You're not worried about anything at like, you know what I mean? He's gonna go out and score, and he doesn't need anyone's help to do that.
0: What's a good equivalent for um, people who don't follow the Nuggets for Michael Porter Jr. on the Avs and on the Broncos? That's a great
4: question. I'm going to defer so hard to the people to Kale my left. Kale left Kale. On my yeah, right. I, I was, yeah. I was
0: asking Kale that. Yeah, though. for
1: sure. I mean, it's I definitely Kael McCarr. Well, the closest yeah. thing the Broncos have would be like Drew Locke. Just Drew Locke, right, uh, baby. Packaged the, up yeah. talent that we haven't really, we don't really know what the ceiling is yet.
0: Another thing.
4: Another thing we have to talk about with Michael Porter Jr. Zion Williamson, obviously, unfortunately. Oh. Um, Torn meniscus, he had some surgery That was a bummer That's a huge bummer It's not necessarily a bummer for those who have money on Michael Porter Jr. to win rookie of the year (laughs) I don't know how much playing time he'll get out the gate But that rookie class isn't super strong And if Zion's going to miss a couple of months um, Michael Porter Jr. has a real shot to take that award What's Zion's
1: injury history? Isn't that starting to pile up on him a little bit? It is,
4: yeah. I mean, not like in terms of this significance, but, I mean, we don't – you're a football guy. You understand. Like, there's a limit to how much muscle you can have on your body. Like, your ligaments can only go under so much stress. That's why LeBron is like a unicorn on top of Of already being a unicorn. Yeah, Yeah. that's his most impressive thing, right? And, and, you know, a lot of it, LeBron didn't lift weights growing up. He was strictly plyos, push-ups, cardio. He didn't want to kind of – bulk up and 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 do this kind of damage but think about how much stress zion's ligaments are under just walking around this guy is paul bunyan right he's the second heaviest dude in the league and he leaps like the most athletic guy in the league so mm-hmm. this is unfortunately the concern and it's like something you can't ignore when talking zion this might just this might be part of his story it sucks it does. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr., however, looking fresh, looking good.
2: <laughs> so I'm curious real quick about one thing with the Nuggets, the one area where maybe n- the optimism isn't there. Uh, no extensions for Beasley and yep. Wancho.
4: Yeah, so they're going to head into restricted free agency now, but that is worse than it has been in previous years. This is a really poor uh, UFA market, unrestricted. So those RFAs are going to get significant offers. Um, for those... in who, yeah, who you don't you understand at all. Yeah, that? so if, if a player is a restricted free agent, the, the Nuggets would have the opportunity to match whatever offer sheet he agrees to. But in this case, Malik is going to get money that he deserves that the Nuggets would gladly pay him but can't afford to, given his place on the depth chart. So if someone comes in with 460 or something, Denver's probably not going to match. So Malik, is this will be the last year in a Nuggets uniform, you know form, almost definitely. Wancho, different story. They may... That you don't want to overpay for a guy like this, but they may match certain offer sheets even if he's not in the rotation because they just love having him around. You need locker room guys. He's a Jokic guy. People love him. So Wancho will see, but Malik's gone. And, and now, unfortunately, the conversation is, is do you keep him this year because he's going to help you win games and you have a shot at winning a title, or do you flip a valuable asset that you've developed – into something that can help your team down the line so and
2: that's that was my that was my follow-up question is okay so if, if Malik is gone, do you make a strong push for a guy like Bradley Beal and have Malik be a, a big part of that package?
4: Right. So obviously right now, through, so for this season, by the way, Bradley Beal is the name as like the big trade the Nuggets might yeah. make, the next superstar. He recently signed an extension with Washington, and through the details of that, he's no longer eligible to be traded this season. So that stuff's off mm, the table. Really? Um, you know, Harrison says this, and I agree with him. This front office has showed us that if they believe that deal's out there, that big deal, they'll take it. They'll get aggressive at some point. They actually have tried to trade Gary Harris before. It's sort of the the ugly truth about the don't skip steps thing. Um, <laughs> but this could be the last yeah. year that the core is in place, depending on how you view the core. It's it's bigger than just the big three, right? If you put guys like Monte, Malik, Wancho, the homegrown fun Nuggets in there, this is the part now where tough decisions have to be made, and it gets. Last year was the sweet spot of fandom, and and this year it's a little bit more like. You know, it's going to be tense. It's going to be stressful.
2: Well, this is going to put the pressure on them to repeat the the right. draft and development of guys like Harris and, yep. and Malik and Wancho. And, yep. you know, they've been great at it, but they've also been trading all their firsts away. So they're not at all equipped to and handle you, just, oh, he's just gone He's now. just
4: gone. And he can't sign all those guys. And so you do... I mean that like you can't just hoard assets, right? Ask Boston. Eventually, you have to convert them no. into something. Denver hasn't needed to yet, but we may be kind of reaching that that stage. That's what it takes to win championships, 100%. right? You can't yeah. just build it all internally. You don't skip steps, but eventually, that is the step, right? Yeah. Is making yeah. a really hard decision to make your team better. You can't turn that corner, you know, just by like crossing your fingers and hoping. Please, please don't trade for Kevin Love. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that ship has sailed, I think. But
0: who are you most excited to see tomorrow?
4: Jeremy Graham, Michael Porter Jr. That's one, two, three, and four. I mean, those. I don't know how much we'll see of MPJ, so I'll probably go with Grant. You know, the Nuggets media has made it very clear how they feel. We're all in, and I'm really excited to see, like, it's all the things we said before, just a new dimension to this team. I think their defensive ceiling should be higher, too. So Grant's going to become one of, if you're a Nuggets fan, he's going to become one of your favorite role players in sports within a month.
2: Well, and the Nuggets are a legit title contender. Legitimate. I mean, Legitimate. the guys on ESPN might laugh when somebody says that, <sighs> but real people that that know what's up,
4: even they know, right? They won't give it much time on their pods or their shows, but yeah. they have to at it's least. Not sexy. It's not sexy. But but they'll, but you'll notice no, literally, the Nuggets isn't sexy. But they'll like, drop in like, yeah, uh, Nuggets will probably win the West, but then Denver, they don't, and that's the uh, end of the conversation. But because they're like, oh, L
2: A. Right. and L A. and then you know Dude, what's no going to happen with Golden State, and yeah. it's like, Ugh.
4: no one cares. I grew up in Jersey. I lived in L A. No one cares. They should. But.
0: Yeah, I, th- this week was my first time like, kind of experiencing that living here and of watching this Nuggets team and hearing on the radio um, someone say, like, oh, this is embarrassing. I don't know who Malone is or, like, who he coaches. <laughs> and then saying, oh, psh, the Nuggets. I, in our Slack group, I was like, what? How can you I – w- I was just upset. I just don't understand how you can't know um, a coach who – coached one of the best teams in the west last year and who did so much it's just how can you be talking about it and and everyone was like well that's just the norm you're you guys are all used to it in denver and not being not being a part of this Mm -hmm. i was like what (laughs) no
1: i I don't there are times where i don't necessarily envy the national guy yeah because you have to know a lot to be able to effectively discuss the entire league all at once but you should definitely know who the coach right, was the like, favorite to win like, or one of the top two f- or three favorites to win the West. Yeah, yeah I mean,
0: you need in to know the, the name of the coach. he has been around for, He's been the coach
1: for what now, five years? Yeah. But yeah. this
4: is yeah. why I value – so we talked on the DNBA show, which is up now on YouTube, the only Dender Nuggets talk show on the Internet. Check it out. We, we, we talked about just that, and we talked about like nah, – I'm going to pass. I'm going to skip this point. It's eluded me. I'm okay. All okay. All right. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, you, you,
4: they should, you, like... You, if
1: you are going to discuss the NBA from yeah. a national's perspective uh, as an a quote unquote expert, you need to know who Michael Malone Wait, is. Wait, yeah. was that
3: national or local though? It was Where national. They did it? And okay. the
0: thing is, they were in the playoffs last and I saw people being like, oh, the national media, like it'll come. Like they were in the playoffs last year. Were they seed. were a two seed. They were the two seed. They were mm. back like all like going back and forth with Golden State during the regular season, and I know the regular season doesn't matter, but they were for that number one spot in the West. I just don't it doesn't make sense to me how you wouldn't know who Michael. Malone is
4: well this is so this is what I was gonna say I figured out how I want to articulate it I mean this is why you need to to build on last season you can't like we can sit here and say if they lose to the clipper Clippers in seven games in the second round is that disastrous no but people are looking for reasons to doubt Denver to ignore Denver and that's not just fans that's media that's players in the free agency market but if they come back and build on that if they show up in the conference finals if they win the conference finals doesn't matter who you are, where your radio show is, who you pay attention to. You will have to know the names of these players and this coach. So this year is important in that way, and and I think there's more pressure in Denver than it seems for a team that that has a lot of youth and has a longer window than than it seems like we're talking about right now.
1: I'm most excited to watch Jamal Murray. I, I you know there was nothing in the preseason necessarily that suggested oh Jamal is taking this big leap this year um, and. The Nuggets are betting on that. They, they made a – They, in my opinion, they made a bet on, on him becoming superstar. I want to see him – he doesn't have to do it tomorrow night. Yeah. But I want to – that's what I'm – that's the mo- yeah, most but intriguing you know what? part of this season. I kind of
4: do want to see it tomorrow night. So that's you – know, Jamal has notoriously started the season slow, and I think he can be a little inconsistent. I believe that Jamal's ceiling is worthy of this contract, is worthy of the bet the Nuggets made. So show us. Don't wait. Show us tomorrow. You know, especially
2: go, in that matchup. Yeah, I'll yeah.
4: play I'll play Dame again, because yeah. at times in that that series he did. So, yeah, so was, sh-
2: I mean, it was McCollum that saved them. Right. It was, it was not Damian. Lillen. Right. So so go show us that
4: um, because Murray, you know, it's it's a bet, but they had to right. If you're Denver, when are you going to to your point, when are you going to draft another player that's as good as Jamal? You can't just mm. like hope that that happens and you're never going to sign one. So it is an overpay, maybe. But you have to overpay guys in this league. And, and now you just bet that he can raise that baseline because the ceiling's high enough. So I want to see it early and often. I'm with you.
0: All right. Well, we will be uh, games at 8 p.m. tomorrow, and we'll be doing a live stream show with all of our Nuggets guys after. So be sure to stay tuned to that. Now, I know it's not the that sexy topic that we were talking about earlier, but we do have to talk about the Broncos and the yes. Chiefs. <laughs> uh, that was a rough Thursday night football game for the Broncos losing to the Chiefs even after the Chiefs lost Patrick Mahomes. Ryan, what what went wrong? <laughs>
2: what didn't go wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I guess that's um, a better
2: question. Mahomes. Yeah.
1: I mean, they I don't know, they were they just weren't ready for that you know they got ahead of themselves Shelby how Harris. were they not
0: ready for it though the whole week they acted like they were riding 2-0 and not
1: mentally they weren't ready as a team they aren't ready to compete with the chiefs and as you saw it's not even really close they didn't even need patrick mahomes their system is so good uh andy reid's offense is so good they the the broncos defense you know they had um purcell and, and aj johnson and that was a great story and then you go up against in, you know an offensive mastermind. He's able to expose the weaknesses that you have because of those guys. So um, they were just—I mean—they laid an egg for sure, um, which is kind of crazy because they had such an opportunity in front of them. And it's—it's it, it's a seven-point game when Mahomes goes out. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, "Holy cow! They could win this game. What was it? It was—I think it was 13 to six at that point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm thinking, "Wow! They could maybe win this game. You know." uh 16 13 or something along those lines you know and it was they get the strip sack they go they they make it 20 to 6 and at that point it's like uh, i don't know if they're gonna have a chance to score 20 points in this game and and that's the problem is this offense is anemic joe flacco is not the guy uh, they, you know they need to get Drew Lock in there as fast as they possibly can because there's no future with, with with Joe Flacco here. The offensive line, all of those problems came up, and they just completely they got they played bad and they got outcoached and and they're not as good talent wise. So that turns into a blowout. Yes, come well. to the dark side,
3: <laughs> embrace the tank.
0: Well, with that, now we're seeing rumors of Emmanuel Sanders being traded before the trade deadline. Oh, uh Chris Harris Jr. possibly just trading those veteran assets. What do you think the Broncos are going to do?
1: Emmanuel will most likely be gone. Um to put this lightly, I guess is he's pushing, you know, his people he are pushing for it yeah. a little bit harder than anyone else. Um not to mention that there's a pretty big market out there for him i know that you saw the the pats give up a second this morning for muhammad sanu that
4: was a lot no that yeah, is a lot a lot
1: but it's not a one-for-one one type of comparison where you say oh well if the pat if the falcons can get a second for muhammad sanu then the broncos should get a second for emmanuel sanders just because one sanu has more years on his contract he's younger mm-hmm. he's not coming off a torn achilles this this last season so there's you know, factors. Emmanuel sanders, one for one head to head probably the better player as a trade asset not as good so if the Broncos can get a third I'm still I'm gonna stay there if they can if they can get a third that's a win they should do it, um, it maybe it ends up being a fourth but no matter what it's all better than nothing and so you got to take what you can get and luckily you have a market where they're bidding against each other and you can probably end up getting a third.
4: The beauty is they'd get a compensatory pick when he signs so you, regardless
1: you're not getting nothing. True, but that's a whole, you know, that's two years. From right, right, right.
2: That's really why you want to get the third. Yeah.
4: Right. right. I'd settle even for a fourth. It's the Demarius Thomas fifth that I'd. I'd right. Play. I mean, at this point, Sanders is not like a plus asset, right, to you and your window and what you're trying to get done. And what like, you can conceivably get done.
0: Especially so. when you have course, I mean, obviously, Cortlandson can't compare to Emmanuel Sanders, well, but when you know that that's the future. Playing
1: better than him this year. Right. Mm. By a, a long shot. Um, the problem is he's not Emmanuel is allowing him to face second corners right now, which is making his life a bit easier. So, uh, you know, we talk a lot about the lifeboat on our podcast. The lifeboat is just, who are you saving? Who, who needs to survive as the ship sinks down? Um, and when you're evaluating who goes on the lifeboat say who is going to be a part of this team in three years, which, you know, if they do embrace rebuilding, which they probably need to do. Uh, it's going to be three years before you're back at the earliest, you know, competing for Super Bowls. So you, so the lifeboat is all about who's going to be – who's going to help his team win in three years. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders is not on that lifeboat. Uh, Chris Harris Jr., while he probably could, he's – you know, it seems pretty clear that he's not going to be here next year. He's someone you have to consider. And then you just go on down the line. And we talked about it yesterday. Maybe when they do trade Sanders, the league takes notice and says, oh, the Broncos' assets are for sale. Okay, well, let's go make offers, and you might end up having to, to, you know, ship out quite a few guys. But Sanders and Harris are the ones you're going to get the most value for. Sanders seems like a foregone conclusion, and the best thing for the Broncos would be to do it with Harris as well.
0: I've seen a few people talk about Vaughn.
1: There's a lot at play there, um, and to put it simply, it's just a very. It would be a very difficult trade to execute. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of different things going against it. One dead money Two, his contract is very very high you have to find teams that can take on that contract and three and and probably the saddest part of it all is Vaughn is not playing good football at all right now and so that's the hardest thing is it's it's not as if Vaughn has you know seven sacks right now and you can say hey this guy's still playing great yes he is expensive but you know give us a couple first round picks or a first and a second for him you're saying, like, your best sales pitch would be like, well, he needs a cha- change of scenery to get back to what he once was, and
4: you're not going to trade Vaughn Miller for, you know, a second-round pick. How concerned are you that this is kind of like a lasting, like a new reality with Vaughn, that this is like maybe over a hill of some sort?
1: I don't know. For me, there's um, a spark that's missing for him right now, and that's it's been hard to watch, and I think losing can be um, – a, a disease right and
2: it puts that light why out why i yeah. talk
1: about yeah. that so much that you know eventually this team is going to have to start winning football games because losing takes it out of you Derek wolf talks about this a lot and it's it's one of the reasons i've uh been able to understand like the disease of losing he says when you put when you put as much as we put into the game and he said this just yesterday talking about the chiefs game when we when you we put in as much as we put in during a week and then go get beat like that he and I quote, it breaks your heart. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah. And how many times can you get heartbroken? Yeah. You know, you know, week in, week out, double digit times over the last two seasons. Eventually, you don't. It doesn't have to be on purpose, but you start caring a little bit less, so you don't feel that way after the team loses. You become and numb. It, exactly, and I think that's a bit of what's happened to Vaughn. I think there's a flame that's not burning inside of him right now. So part of me does believe. Oh, if he went to a contender. It would come back. Yeah. At
3: what point is it better for both sides to just move mm-hmm. on But from
1: that? again, it's it's the hurdles of the trade that right, are going to make it course. very unlikely for the Broncos to trade Von Miller.
2: Is this like his equivalent of the end of Ware's time in Dallas?
3: That was a lot <sighs> injury related, though. That was but the bigger issue.
2: Like similar, sure. A, a franchise that's not getting it done, and you know you can't continue to pour money into an aging pass rusher who's <laughs> Not producing, and if, I mean, if you're not on the field, you know, availability is a skill.
1: Yeah, what's crazy is the Broncos have an opt out after this year. Wow, again, it's it's hard to say what, what's actually yeah. going to happen there, um, but that, like you said, it's a lot of money, and um, Vic Fangio isn't even putting him in the star of the, the star role of the defense. You know, when Bradley Chubb is out there; his position is designed to be the star of that defense
2: You're watching Vaughn drop into coverage. It's yeah. Really, and, I, and I, and I told people man.
1: that, you know, we told people people that was going to happen yeah. uh, as soon as they hired Vic Fangio cause everyone's like, Oh, Joe Woods, he's putting Vaughn and Chubb in coverage too much. And Andre, of course does a deep dive on the film of Vic Fangio's defense. And he's like, well, get used to it. It's part of the, you know, it's part of the thing there. But, so that, you know, there's a lot at play there. Again, the trade, a trade of Vaughn is pretty unlikely, but, it is kind of sad to see because it it does feel like he's he's not uh, the whole Vaughn that we you know that this city fell in love with.
0: Do you think that Drew Locke <clears throat> is going to be called up from the IR?
1: Yes. Um. I mean, for my sanity, I, I seriously hope so. Hope so. Yeah. Because if not, I don't know what they're thinking. I know they wanted to be very protective of him. Yeah. And. Rich Gangarello said it just a few weeks ago. Like, the best ability for a young quarterback is to not play. And when you hear that, it, it just makes me cringe. Um, because I understand the thought there. You want to put a guy out there when he is in the best position to succeed, and, and they want him to fully be 100% ready. But times have changed, and the season is lost. Um, so one thing you can learn is, what is what are we working with here? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and when we say you need to see what you have in drew lock. It doesn't mean that he has to go out there and be a franchise quarterback when he sets foot on the field and look incredible. You just want to see the signs, you know, even Daniel Jones in New York, while he has seven turnovers over the last three weeks, I think he leads the league in turnovers since he came out there. You've still seen the signs of a guy who can't, you know, they're feeling good. They're feeling better than a lot of people felt when they drafted Daniel Jones. Um, but, you just need to see flashes you know all these young guys who are out there playing kyler murray you like we've seen it you know he's got it um who else are, are the rookie quarterbacks playing this year the point is he doesn't is have sure. to go un, yeah he doesn't have to go undefeated he, he just d- has to go out and make some throws and lead this team and bring some fire to the field and make you say we want to go into next year with that guy let's start building around him or oh god not it Good thing we have a top 10 pick and a bunch of assets. Maybe we can trade up and get you know one of these guys. That's
2: but do you the want the thing with the deadline, right? What? Is that you have to start whether or not you're committed to rebuilding, you have to put yourself in a position to be aggressive on draft day if you need to be.
1: Yeah, they already have as it stands right now, they have four picks in the top 75. You know, if you can add to that, That's good. you can really start to make moves and, and control maybe not the first round of the draft in the way that, like, the Raiders did last year with thir- three first-round picks, and they didn't even end up doing anything, right? They just stayed pa- nope. stayed put. But you, on Cleveland Farrell. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you know, going into that draft, we were saying, oh, wow, well, the, if they want to, the Raiders can control the first round because they have all these assets. Maybe for the second and third rounds, if you have all those assets, you can start saying, okay – well, we need offensive line help, so let's go get an offensive lineman early in the second round. We also need wide receiver help because we lost Emmanuel. Okay, well, let's package a couple of these thirds, get back into the second, and get one of these great wide receivers who
2: fell. Yeah, but I do know, you? They have a top ten pick, and they don't take a tackle.
0: Yeah. Well, but th- with that, do you really want to put Drew Locke <laughs> out there? With this offensive line, like Joe Flacco is getting killed. He Do you really want to put Drew Lock out there.
1: He has a better chance of surviving because he can move.
4: Yeah. Some of it's on Flacco too, right? The exactly slow slow. Slow. Like
1: the the strip sack touchdown that effectively took them out of that game. That's on Flacco. Hundred percent. Double A gap pressure. Yeah. Right in his face. It's it's right there in his face, and then he, he sees. Okay, Phil does his job. He picks up one of the guys. Joe Flacco has to know that he can't run away from that second guy, and even if he's going to try, he needs to secure the ball. So. Um, it was weird because in the first two weeks of the season, his actually three, his awareness actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you know, talk about Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. I don't know if, if he's, you know, kind of been rattled to the point where his awareness has gone out the window a little bit, but he is not, he does not look comfortable back there. He's not being smart back there. He's holding on to the ball too long. He's, you know, trying to get out of the pocket when he doesn't have the ability to do that. And so, you know, there's a lot of problems right now, but. At least you know with drew lock well he has a little bit of escapability to him and and he can move around a little bit <laughs>
0: all right well before we're gonna wrap this up and go into who won the week but before we do that i gotta tell you about green mountain dental group our friends over there are giving away a free sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam it's seriously that easy to take care of your teeth check them out today online or call them at 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment and by the end of it you could get a free sonicare toothbrush all right who won the week?
2: Who did the most and who did the least? Who was the dog and who was the beast? Who's in the boat and who's up a creek? Let's see. Who won the week?
0: I love that song. Um, So someone actually sent me... um a version of the song, w- like written out in tweet form with ads in all of the positive categories and Broncos in all of the negative <laughs> categories. Fair. Um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Fair. Uh, all right. Last week, to no surprise, Kale McCarr for his historic point streak won by 41%. Won
4: by 41%. With, okay, with 41%. Yeah, that is noteworthy. That would be a Lance. <laughs>
0: uh, um, 2,000 votes. And then poor old Drew Kreisman discovering his new love for the avalanche, got 13%. But there's 17 replies, and almost all of them are people asking if their vote could be Havsies with Drew and the Avs. Mm. <laughs> um, so Absies.
1: Yes. Hey, nice.
0: Um... Then Nuggets finding their small forward small and power forwards of the future got eighteen percent and Broncos winning two in a row and getting back into the conversation. Oh how have time They were <laughs> in the
1: conversation. It.
4: Luckily They're we finally we're finally doing a pot on the week where the Nuggets are doing something, only it's the day before. Yeah. So we're losing again. This is
0: um, and also after the ABS hot start, hot start. But um, maybe
1: if uh, Michael Porter Jr. scores a point in the first six games, you can talk about his point streak. I will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, point Ryan, do you have anything for the Broncos, or wow. do you want to choose? That's where yeah. we're at.
1: I mean, I can't. It's not like I can pick the Buffs. So, oh yeah, uh, my yeah, hands the, are tied here. Mel Tucker hyping up the crowd doesn't win the week for you. What did he do now?
0: I forget. It. At the Broncos. Good game. stuff, Andre.
4: Oh,
1: oh, that was good. That was good. Yeah, that was about. Th- that was super that peak. memorable. Yeah. That was the peak for the Buffs. Peak football. Yo, yeah,
2: John moment. Elway won the week. Why is Whoa. that? Because this <laughs> is the this is the reality check that he needed.
1: Uh, we already did that one.
2: <laughs> did we really? Yeah,
1: we did that when they were well, whatever it was w- 0 and 4.
0: Oof. Um. But I, I
1: was well. going to, that, that was my first thought. I was, I was like, okay, yeah, they realized it, but oh, we already Oh, do you that. know what? You I have, I do have Oh, one, you do have, all right. But I want to hear what you, your suggestions I was
0: going to say, so I'm having the Avs guys since there's two of them today. Each of them have to agree with the, or no, each of them have 15 seconds to describe why they think, different reasons, the Avs won the week. I was going to say you guys so could do that So we're trying to cannibalize the Avs Yeah. So you're trying, you guys could do that with the Nuggets. Clever. Do
4: you want my help? Sure, Ryan.
1: All right, you just start and I'll I'll follow you up. You got it.
0: So I'll give you 15 seconds and you 15 seconds. Okay. All right, I don't
1: even really know what it is and I'll still be able to. Are argue we going it. right now?
0: All right, ready, go.
4: The Nuggets won the week because they're about to start the season, the most anticipated season maybe in Nuggets history. They have a legitimate shot at the title, top 10 player, and a potential rookie of the year.
1: They've got Nicole Jokic and that's all they need and he is going to win MVP and the Nuggets are going to get off to a hotter start than the Avalanche.
4: The Nuggets are going to win 60 games. I don't know if that's true but I'm saying it. <laughs> Without losing. Without yeah. <laughs> They're going to win 60, 60 consecutive and games. 70 please vote four for us and 8. 74 and 8. That's why right, the Nuggets and won the reach because we feel good about that prediction.
0: <laughs> 2 seconds. Do you think I despair. helped
1: Brendan's cause? I don't know. You started out well. He yeah. used he used all of the points like really <laughs> fast. <laughs> really fast. It I was know, he was seconds. Done in seconds. I was eight like oh seconds. he hasn't talked about Jokic yet. He hasn't talked about Jokic yet. Yeah, no, yeah. Like oh no, he just said top 10 player.
3: I feel like it was very
1: unfocused. It's just like what
0: the You Nuggets just listed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Thanks
4: Andre. What do you want me to say? They had practice on Monday. <laughs> it, was, the it went well. It went
3: the week by the way because the Broncos stink, The Rockies aren't playing the college teams are terrible, and the Avs just lost me. I
4: the game hasn't problem. happened, Andre. <laughs> I can't even say they won the what game. Would, what they would might your lose case g- have been? What did the Nuggets do this exact Thank you. week?
3: You know, that's not my
1: job.
0: My to Uh, 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 uh He doesn't want to do you it. It. You it.
3: You had me up until you said consecutive. Uh, I yeah, ruined
0: it. It. <laughs> I was just the
1: hype man. Like, everything he said, I just doubled <laughs> yeah, down. Right, he just it. Kept,
4: I was like, yeah, and that, and, well,
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: 74 and
4: 8, mark it down. Two titles in one year. No, that. Ryan,
0: your bold predictions have really taken a turn. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> You're just off the deep
0: end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Ryan was on fire, and then he lost that one, and now he's just, <laughs> just a little scary.
0: Okay, all right. To make the are we going to and
1: the, the Avs? Do
0: you want to give a Broncos one, or are you good the with The Broncos
1: them? one I was going to give was just Justin Simmons because he was legitimately maybe the only player that had a good game on Thursday. Uh, And because of that, he's probably going to he's earned a spot on the lifeboat per se. Um, He's probably going to be you know the one guy of maybe a couple that uh, that are going to end up getting paid from from these free agents. You know, not a Justin Simmons guy. They might have the best safety duo in football right now. No one's talking about name one better. (laughs) Oh, we can we can go after who won the week. You can tell me. Boy,
2: I don't know.
0: All right.
1: Justin Simmons is in the lifeboat. So.
0: Abs guys,
2: can DU win the week?
0: Uh, if you want to do one abs, one DU, you can.
2: I mean, they had a good weekend.
1: They're I mean, one in the they're ranked number one. They're Do undefeated. you want to say DU? There's
0: All right, I'm gonna There's give you thirty seconds for ones. DU.
2: No, I'm good. I just I was just curious.
0: Okay, well we'll add honorable they, mention. They
2: beat two abs prospects, so I don't really want them. I, like, I don't want them to to get that love.
0: Okay. Oh, well.
2: Both the ads prospects
3: scored. It's fine.
2: Yeah, I mean Hellison's was. Yeah, that was the
3: worst floater <laughs> in
2: the history of hockey. <laughs> okay. Place. Please so more
1: college hockey talk.
3: <laughs> it was so cheap.
2: Rudo, you know I'm... what? I had to listen to Mel Tucker's shorts and his shoes <laughs> and all that bullshit for weeks. So I thought that was great. Yeah, was good I. Content. Yeah, and now and now we're all back on Earth where we all realize the Buffs football is terrible and irrelevant. So
1: well, that's that's,
2: that's, that's yeah. du du is ranked number one in the country. So if I want to talk about college yeah, the hockey best ho- and. Put, and and sample ranta then i'll you get, can talk hi- about I'll get hype.
1: the best players don't even play college hockey um
2: mm, not <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty quiet over yeah, there not, i mean that's not that's not entirely true but it's not <laughs> okay it's not entirely all right untrue. let's get back
0: <laughs> no, on I mean, topic like, <laughs> the Who best, won the best, like the best amateur
2: players are
4: all over the world I'm starting we're starting your timer yeah go
2: Avalanche goaltending, honestly. Avs Avs goalies are elite, and they're going to be the biggest reason why they won't miss Miko at all, and they're going to still be in the playoffs easily.
0: That's it? Okay, go, Rudolph. (laughs) Uh,
2: Jared Bednar won the week,
3: obviously getting the Avs off to the— I thought they were supposed to come to an agreement. I thought we were doing two. Yeah, we each had 15 seconds. Yeah.
1: Okay, all right, sorry. You can start over.
3: Jared Bednar won the week, getting the Avs off to their best start in franchise history, or at least in Avs history. He has put everything to bed. The next time someone slides into my DMs with bed. Patrick Wah was better. No. Ooh. There, he has nothing on him. Ben has made the playoffs more. He has a better start than anyone. He has the best avalanche team in a decade. Easy. All well, right. I want a division
2: title. That doesn't matter. And I'm just saying that's like the only thing in his coaching career that he still has over.
1: Hold on. He broke that wall down. That's got to count for something. <laughs> like literally, he remember when oh when he pushed that. over the stanchion on yeah, opening that night that against awesome.
2: the Ducks.
3: Yeah, I that... mean, if it Jared was Bednar fun. did that, if Jared Brednar, win the Bednar week for me. breaks a wall down, it would have to take like the cataclysmically worst call in the history of <laughs> hockey. I mean, Yeah,
2: I mean, if for that dude to really even show much in terms of emotion, like something extreme has to have taken place. And
1: and I feel like that's actually part of why. The abs have been awesome
3: under him. Like
1: It's a they, huge reason They're why. much
3: more even keel, exactly. Two,
1: two years ago, it was EJ, right, who got hurt towards the end of the season. This what? is important talk- okay, conversation. go. Right? EJ got hurt, like, right at the end of the season, but they still played well, and they yeah. got into the playoffs. And then last year, was it Miko who got hurt at the end of the season? Yep. Yeah. And, they like, this team can withstand those, like, Things that should be huge lows because their coach doesn't get into those
3: huge lows. And Landy
2: lows. got hurt at the right. end of last year, too. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, both of them were.
3: If Miko isn't out for the season, Bednar could legitimately win a division title this year.
2: Yeah. And uh, I think he'll, honestly, and to tie ours together to be a unified force here, uh, the elite goaltending, the Jack Adams Award is really a goaltending award. Elite goaltending gets coaches, coach of the year awards. So I think both Grubauer and Bednar are going to be in line for the Jack Adams and the Vesna if they continue down the road that they've started.
3: Yeah And Grubauer, another uh, empty third period last night. Yeah. yeah. His third period stats are actually broken. Yeah. He's given up like what one goal a uh, nine Ovechkin. Yeah, the, yeah, the Ovechkin
2: goal. goal that made it 5-3. And it's his save percentage is just
3: like 980 something in yeah. third periods. It's unreal.
0: Okay, well, I have a question or a few questions or two comments that I have to read. So, we're going to move on from that. Um Could you talk in the mic? I was talking in the mic. Liar. Anyways, uh the someone said World of the subscriber whose name is World of Suck. <laughs> said love the denver sports podcast question for next week's pod who will be the next team to bring a championship home to denver we did talk about this in detail in a segment uh one of like our the very first second shows. um show we ever did but it was right now
1: real quick which finals ends first the nba finals or the nhl so the stanley cup final
0: the nba i think NHL usually
1: to- ends first. Okay, well, then oh, it's really? the Avs because the Avs and Nuggets are both winning
2: this year.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Yahtzee. <laughs> um, All right. But if you want to listen to that podcast, I think it was the first or second pod we ever did. We went into a di- deep dive on that. Um, then Nick geyer 813 said, yo, everyone, awesome material in all phases of DNVR. Big ups to everyone. But I got to say it was awesome hearing you guys talk about hockey and hockey culture in depth. As someone who grew up playing hockey and still do, I thought it was hilarious hearing you guys talk and learn about hockey. I laughed out loud on the bus I was just on multiple times. But I was wondering if you all could answer this question. Do you allow yourselves to think what it would be like to cover a championship or tell your experiences if you have? Do you imagine what it would be like around the office? Do any of you allow yourself to imagine what it would be like? I, for one, would be quite sad if I don't get to see Philip Lindsay, Landis Gogg, Jokic, and Arenado ever win a championship. I've been so I've become so attached to these players and their personalities that I think it would hit me hard to not see these championship level players never get their ring. Thanks. I'll keep it up Ryan you're the only one who's actually covered a championship Super Bowl Super Bowl 50 was it
1: mm-hmm. uh it was incredible I mean like I feel like I sold my journalistic soul for that because it's only sucked after that Worth it. um but it, it's just so cool to see like all these guys reach the peak um they like they spend their entire lives working for this and they when they achieve it the outbursts of excitement and happiness and and all these things. I mean, you have DeMarcus Ware on that team who, you know, had never won one despite a Hall of Fame-level career. It's just really, really cool, Um, and it's so much fun. Like, all the stories are so fun, and you've got, like, Chris Harris junior romanticizing everything. you've got Chris Harris Jr. on the podium, like, talking trash about Cam Newton, not realizing that Cam Newton is literally just on the other side of an (laughs) extremely thin wall, and Cam Newton storms off, and, like, there's a story there. And, like, it's just so awesome. awesome. The fans are on cloud nine. <laughs> um, it's, it's like, it's a peak for them, but it, it's also the peak for us. It's so much fun. And, you know, you do um, – like, I, I always talk about this, why, you know, journalists who say they don't care if the team wins or loses are lying. Because when they lose, like the Broncos are right now, it's not fun to be in the locker room. The players aren't giving good quotes. They're not having fun with anything. And when they win, they're having, like, at that level, especially, they're having fun with everything. And, and if, if you at your job were surrounded by people who were pissed off or you're surrounded by people who are having a great time, it's going to affect how fun your job is as well. So um, there's nothing quite like covering a championship.
0: I assume that you two were watching the Avs during that 2001 Stanley Cup. What was that like for you guys?
3: Well, I was ten. Yeah, but so still you I was already in love with the team, so it's an incredible moment. I, I still consider Ray Bork lifting the cup the greatest moment in the history of the Stanley Cup. So Anybody who disagrees is wrong.
2: <laughs> it's just a fact at this point. So And that's not like fandom speaking. That's just there's no there's no greater romantic hockey story than uh, that moment. Gives me, goosebumps just
1: thinking I, about it.
3: I was lucky enough to cover the Colorado Eagles a couple of years ago when they won the ECHL for the second time, and obviously way, way lower magnitude than a top-level sports league, but it was still really cool to just be around the atmosphere of the team and and the feeling that, that happens inside of those locker rooms and things like that, but to be honest, I started really making a lot of content in the 48-point season for the Avs, so... The results of the game on a personal level, sure. I I want the ABS to win, but from a creating content level, I create content because I love doing it. Yeah. And if the ABS are bad, I still have fun with my
2: content. So, I think,
1: and that's the key, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, if you're not having fun, you know that's what we try to do on our podcast. Like even after the Ch- the Chiefs game, we're still trying to have fun with it because if you aren't able to, then it's
2: gonna suck (laughs) a world of suck perhaps uh all right i i think for me it's the moments that you remember you know i'm sure that there are things that you remember about the, the the super bowl run uh for me you know last year was a good time you know them getting the second round like it was it was cool to be around the team and that excitement and and kind of the attitude but the year before coming off that 48 point year and nobody had any expectations we didn't know what was going to happen right i remember being in that locker room after game 82 you know they beat the blues pretty handily and i remember just sitting down next to Gabe Landiscock, who's seen everything in in his time in colorado And, you know, normally Landy is very, you know, very professional and very, you know, very buttoned up in in how he is. And I just sat down next to him and he just put his arm around me and he was like, this is a lot more fun. (laughs) And and I remember I just I shook his hand and, you know, and, and, you know, like that guy has lived through all of the ups and downs. You know, He was on that WA team that won the division Where they thought they were at the start of something And then it just blew up in their face So badly And then it, it collapsed in that 48 point season And I just remember sitting Next to Landy And I remember talking to Mark Barbario Who was like openly emotional And you know Eric Johnson and all these different guys Who just you remember Like this is like what They're doing with their lives this is what they're trying to accomplish. And even just making the postseason that year, it meant so much to them because they, they viewed it as a real accomplishment. It was not like, cause you know, Oh, making the playoffs in hockey. Well, half the league makes it, you know, <laughs> it was not that attitude that, that it meant something. And it was one of those moments. And it's, you know, for my career, having sat through that 48 point season, uh, that's the like those are the moments that I remember the most is when these guys work so hard and and, and you get that reminder that on that human level, like the, they've dedicated their whole lives to this And you know we we view athletes as on, on some sort of pedestal and 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 they make the, the, they make so much money you know that there's a separation between us. In, in piles of money between us <laughs> that we view as like taking away some of their humanity in how we view them. And and I just – those moments are the ones that I remember the most. And I don't think about them winning a, a cup or anything. I, I think there's a good chance that they do it. But like think about the guys in San Jose who have been covering that team for – I mean they've made the playoffs 14 the last 15 years. And those guys have seen everything there is to see except a couple in. But you have no doubt that they have had an awesome journalistic career, that they've gotten to cover great teams, great so many Hall of Famers. And they were going to have, you know, like, like, like Dater has amazing stories, and the majority of them don't come from the Stanley Cup winning teams. You know, those guys have seen everything there is to see. And for me, that's just, you know, I would love to cover a cup winning team. I don't think about it, but... It's you know, you just hope that when you go to work on any given day that you're you're gonna have somebody that gives you a reason to remember that day.
4: I think about it every day with the Nuggets, I really do. Mostly for the fans. And I've there's not a lot of it's not a huge fan base in terms of numbers, but it is a passionate and rabid fan base that has been committed through ups and downs. And I, I wrote about this when I when I first started with Denver Stiffs. Denver Sports Fandom, Nuggets fandom specifically. For whatever reason, it's not afforded awarded that charm that like Cubs or Browns fandom have. They lose so much that those fans are almost lauded for their support. No one seems to care that the Nuggets have never even made the finals. Right? There's no charm there. No No one's rooting for that underdog. So it's the fans that do care that have been through it thick and thin. Like I don't know how big that parade would be, but I would walk the whole damn thing just to see the faces of the people that I know care. And like it's on the t- it's not likely, but it's legitimately on the table right now. And it's why I'm in Denver. I looked at this Denver team and thought there's an, there's a non-zero chance that happens. So I think about it every single day.
0: I think the office would be uh, – I mean, during that playoff run for the Nuggets and Avs <laughs> last year, the office was
1: – Our office was the Blake Street Tavern. Our office yeah. was the Blake Street Tavern
0: or the Pepsi Center. And everyone was sleep-deprived, but everyone was just so excited, so happy, just waiting for the next game and just talking about what happened, what they need to improve on, all that type of stuff. It, it was just such a buzz. And my thing with championship teams is I feel like there's something special about – like to win like like magic involved. yeah to win a Super Bowl to win a Stanley Cup there's magic there's things that there's adversity and all that and your team defeats that and there, it's just something about it that adds that extra. Um, being a fan, being like special, being a fan or being a journalist.
3: So many things have to go right, including plenty of things that are completely outside anyone's control. Exactly.
0: So there's that. There is that magic. So as a fan, I experienced my first like championship Super Bowl two years ago, and it was like. I just—it's—I'm smiling because I can't not when you think of that, and I can imagine that—that's how you guys feel about your championships that you've had a chance to see. So I think it's so cool, and the storylines journalistically that come from that magic are incredible, and the fans are eating it up because all you want to do is hear more about the, your your team.
1: Yeah, that—that that last point you made about you know the opportunities journalistically. The thing that makes me most excited about thinking about any of these teams winning a championship is that I think as a company we are now in the position to tell that story better than anyone else and that like the thought of that happening and us having like the lasting stories and the lasting coverage and the lasting podcast or whatever it is like that people are like oh like remember that story that AJ wrote uh, you know the night before game seven or whatever it is like oh. that's what gets me excited. No me
4: too me too especially look the thing about you made an interesting point AJ about where the stories come from but hey, if you've ever seen a first ever title on TV, like, the, you know, the Cavs is the example. How could you not want in on that, even if you're just adjacent to it? Right. Like, get that energy in my life. I think about it every day. All right.
0: All right. Well, that, that was, was a awesome. great question. Um, definitely go on to our uh, podcast post on the DMVR.com and leave us some questions to answer for next week. Go leave a review on anywhere you listen to podcasts and we'll see you guys next week.